0: hope you brought an apple for the teacher, because it's time for the Star Seminar. And now, here are your hosts,
1: Rabble Rouser and Danny Fenton. Hello, howdy, and welcome to another edition of the Star Seminar. You may be wondering why I greeted everybody this way. It's because today... We have my former podcast partner, the great Landon McCool, joining the professoriate to give you the knowledge about your beloved Dallas Cowboys. But before we welcome him in, as always, I would like to greet my fellow teacher, Dr. Danny Phantom. How are you, sir, today?
0: I am doing great. And boy, you know, I remember that intro all too well when you said that, too. It just immediately came back to me. It's like the old old school Rabs and McCool, um, but, Yeah, no, I'm doing good. Um, I'm actually trying to eat a little better. Um, I'm eating, I, I'm trying to knock out bread from my diet, and so I'm doing a lot of stuff. I'm trying to do the cauliflower rice stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to do recently, I tried to do the sandwich wraps, just lettuce wraps, you know, and uh, which works fine. Um, but my wife isn't a big fan of it, and she's just like well, why don't you just have a salad? And so i was like, well, that's not the same thing. And so we kind of argued about that a little bit. But she actually made me uh, a sandwich salad. And you know, you have to get the proportions right. But you know what? It's it's good. It's it's a little weird to put mustard on a salad, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's 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 the same stuff. So I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I guess if you just can make some small little adjustments, you you know, it's not so bad. And I wanted to ask you, if is there something that you were reluctant to try at one point but then when you did it didn't turn out nearly as bad as you thought
1: that's funny that you asked that because um for years there were a lot of vegetables i didn't like part of it is, is because uh you know when i was growing up we had more frozen or canned vegetables we didn't always have we didn't have versions fresh versions of all the vegetables and one of the ones that we had a canned or frozen version of that i thought was loathsome at the time and never ate again as a young adult um or even as a you know an adult teetering toward middle age was asparagus so um my flash flash forward to my first date with my now wife and we go out to this this uh little restaurant bar you know and we're chatting stuff and we order a bunch of it was a small plates type type of thing and one of the things she orders is asparagus and i'm like i'm not gonna on the first date be the guy's like oh i don't like asparagus you know i I was just hoping it would kind of like go away or she eat it all or whatever and um so at some point where, you know, we're, we're eating and talking and having a couple of glasses of wine and stuff and uh, getting along like gangbusters. And she, she says, are, are you going to have any of this asparagus? And I'm like, oh, I just got called out. So I said, well, listen, I'll be honest with you. We've been talking about how, you know, you got to try something that scares you I- I- every day, you know. Uh, and I was like, I, 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 I'm I going to level with you here. And this is a good harbinger for our, for our marriage. I, I said, i got to level with you. Um <laughs> Uh, this, this asparagus scares the heck out of me and i'm not sure i'm not sure that i want to have any and um she uh she you know she she responded well and i had some asparagus and it was actually very good and now it's a it's a staple of our diet i eat it all the time i love it and it turns out you know she, a, a asparagus is better than i thought but b she's an excellent cook and and you know does a really great job with like you know she does grilled asparagus and puts it in salads and does all kinds of stuff like that we have it with steak a lot of times when we grill you know during the summer and so um so yeah asparagus is uh is this thing that I didn't even try trytil I was in my forties, and now i you know i love it hmm,
2: yeah
0: yeah I, I like asparagus too i think uh now if she can she if she could doctor up some brussels sprouts because there's one thing that I cannot stomach
1: we we don't eat any of the crucifer family we don't eat brussel we don't eat Brussels sprouts broccoli or, or cauliflower it's the one thing that we agree on that we don't like, but we pretty much eat everything else that's good you know all, all the squashes mushrooms all all that, all that kind of stuff. Not big on eggplant, but pretty much everything else, uh, you know, we're, we're very, we're very, uh, um, you know, for the most part, adventurous eaters. Like when we go, to, when we go overseas or something, we'll try something weird, you yeah. know, we'll try, we'll try some organ meat or something if, if, you know, just, just to try it, just to try it once. Right. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's
0: good to expand your palate. And,
1: I think uh, that's right. And that's speaking
0: right. of expanding your palate, we, we're hoping to expand palate of knowledge today, you so uh, Rabs, what's what do we got going
1: on today? Well, as I as I suggested in my in my opener, uh, we're going to be joined by the great Landon McCool, um, who, uh, as everybody knows, uh, was a longtime podcast partner of mine, and now mans the airwaves over at Locked On Cowboys and does a fantastic job podcasting daily about the Dallas Cowboys. For my money, he's one of the very very best commentators because he's got a lot of different skills and abilities. Uh, from film analysis to sort of level-headedness to um, just a kind of open-minded take where he doesn't get caught up in the most sort of recent events. So I think given the fact that the Cowboys have just been yo-yoing with a, you know, a terrible Week 18 performance and then a sky-high performance against Tampa Bay, and now everyone's, oh, no, they're playing the 49ers they, who crushed us last year. There's been a lot of yo-yoing. Nobody's better to come on and just sort of set us on a steady course with an honest, clear-eyed look at what's going on with our favorite team than our dear friend Landon McCool. But before we bring him in, I would love to ask you, here we are on the cusp once again of a playoff game against the 49ers, love them or hate them, Uh, and I'm wondering, since you're an old head like myself, we think back across the many years of, of Cowboys and 49ers football, do you have a particular favorite San Francisco 49er or a particularly hated San Francisco 49er that comes to mind?
0: Well, to be honest, Rabs, a couple things about me. Um, I'm very, I don't like a lot of non-Cowboy players. Typically, I just, I just don't like them. And usually if there's a rival, like, like with the 49ers, I just, most of them, I don't like, you know, I mean, like the Ricky Waters and the Merton Hanks with the head bobble thing. Well, it just drove me crazy which, which I understand. Like if people don't like Michael Irvin, I would totally understand. You've got to be a Cowboys fan to like that guy. But, you know, similarly, you know, just, so there's, there's players on San Francisco that. Don't care for. Um, I do have a favorite though, um, and of course there's there's a reason for it too. Is we have a local kid, uh, Talanoa Hufanga, who, you know, went to high school here, and then of course went to USC, and now he's uh, he was fifth round draft pick from the Niners a year ago, and now he's a a Pro Bowler. So um, certainly super excited for for him and his family. I work with his dad, so uh, Talanoa is my favorite um, 49ers, but probably the only the only one that i like um what about you
1: um that's a great that's a, that's a great story uh i you know i i i think in some ways you can only hate what you fear and so most of the 49ers i i hate are from the, the sort of 80s when the cowboys are good the, the sort of late 70s early 80s when the, the, that 49ers team that, that beat the Cowboys because Joe Montana tried to throw the ball out of the end zone and didn't have enough arm strength, and so Dwight Clark caught it, and then of course the 90s 49ers, so most of the team, most of the guys I dislike the most are from those teams, I think Merton Hanks is a fantastic example I will say that there are a couple of 49ers that I do either like or respect so much that I, I that i it really kind of taints my ability to hate them. Um so when i grew up i grew up in the bay area and like i first started loving football like the mid 70s i grew up in the bay area and at that time i didn't dislike the 49ers they were terrible and um you you couldn't really dislike them. And i was in the bay area so you know the, it was the 49ers and the raiders were the local teams that were on all the time. 49ers were never on like national tv really much because they weren't good. But um, but they had a really good pass rush for a while there, and they, they were really interesting. And there was a guy who was like a um, defensive lineman named Cleveland Elam, and I just loved him. He was a great – he was a great uh, – defensive uh defensive lineman and uh good you know get great pass rush and i remember one time they got on monday night football it was a really big deal and uh the rams were amazing then the rams were like they only lost once or twice a year th- in those days they were a really really strong team and uh the 49ers just embarrassed them on at monday night football and cleveland e- elam and, and some of his other guys on the defensive line had a huge game and it was just kind of just kind of you know great to watch because no one saw it coming um and the other guy and i really honestly think this guy is The best coach of all time. And that's, that's Bill Walsh. Bill Walsh is in so many innovations. Uh, You know, he was able to win and innovate in an era in which a lot of other coaches are winning, and innovating. It's one thing to be Paul Brown when everybody else is just basically a gym coach (laughs) and to be the innovator. And I mean, it's not taking anything away from Paul Brown, but like the level of competition that he faced was very, very low because most of their teams had no idea what they were doing. And Bill Walsh continued to innovate. He was, he he was basically Jimmy Johnson, but a better offensive mind, you know, in terms of like his ability to be a good coach, be a good motivator. He was actually a a much tougher guy than most people thought because he was a soft-spoken guy, intelligent, articulate guy, but he was a tough guy. If you, if you remember like one of the, one of the sort of adages that that, uh, controlled his personnel, um, point of view was get, it's better to get rid of a guy a year too early than a year too late and they got they cut guys like ronnie lott and joe montana before their careers were really done because he really believed in in that and sending a message to the team and and um you know giving new guys a chance and there are always new guys to give a chance because he had such a good personality so many times he found guys you know second third day of the draft um or second day of the draft then i think but late, late round guys who end up being great players and um just you know i mean just a just a, a a wonderful guy and i think you know if you look at the bill walsh coaching tree it's absolutely transformed the league and i just you know i mean i, I hated his teams absolutely despised his teams I would never forgive the 1981 49ers for beating my beloved cowboys and i know that was the you know beginning of your fandom so i'm sure you feel the same way but uh over the years i just kind of i i couldn't help but reluctantly admire him because he's so darn good
0: yeah, those are great choices, and I do share the same kind of, yeah, the the hate back then because I lived in that area too, and, and like you said, they weren't on TV, and it's actually, we wouldn't even be talking right now if that wasn't the case because I would have been a 49ers fan, but because they just weren't any good and not never on TV, you know, I went to the next thing that they that was on TV, which happened to be the very popular Dallas Cowboys at the time. So, yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, yeah, the good choices,
1: reps. Thanks. Speaking of good choices, we made a great choice this week in guess so let's get him in here. All right. Let's do it. Okay, students, class is in session. Sharpen your pencils and stretch your digits because you're mm-hmm. going to want to take a lot of notes. I am thrilled once again to welcome into the seminar one of the most estimable members of our football <laughs> faculty, the pigskin professor, the gridiron genius, the great Lendon McCool. How are you, Mike? Friend,
2: I, I know Dan's sick of it at this point, but but I, but I am <laughs> never uh, I am never tired of your uh, your awesome intros. That uh, honestly, I don't deserve. So I'm I'm doing well. It's great to talk to y'all again. Obviously, uh, with a uh, wild card win behind us and a division divisional round game in front of us, uh, it's it's a good time to be a Cowboys uh, fan. And we'll we'll see if that lasts through Sunday night
1: that's right I mean here we are we're, we're at that that sort of litmus test place that we get that we've mm-hmm. seen the cowboys get to occasionally in the last God knows how long mm-hmm. and so you know it's it seems like it's just a matter of time before they push through either by uh by hook or by crook so but let's talk about why that might or might not happen um so uh yeah so we're we're gonna just ask, you know ask some questions uh we're gonna start I think by talking about um, we'd love to hear your impressions of you know, what happened in the wildcard game against Tampa Bay, but then we want to move on and talk a little bit more about the, about the 49ers and and what we might expect going forward. Uh, Danny's got the first question for you, I think. So Dan, why don't you kick us off?
0: Okay, Landon. So I want you to help us solve a puzzle. And and that puzzle (laughs) is the enigma that is these Dallas Cowboys. So headed into last week's game, you know, Cowboy fans had three big concerns. You know, one was the declining play of this rotisserie offensive line. And we had the pass rush that almost seems like they've been in a food coma since the Thanksgiving game. And then this next man up, shuffle at corner after the Anthony Brown injury. But on Monday night, it was as if all those concerns just mysteriously disappeared like Andy Dufresne from Shawshank Prison.
1: Like a fart in the wind.
0: <laughs> so Landon, help us out here. Can you comment on the, on the performances at these positions versus the Bucks? And do you think that any of these areas are actually fixed? Or was what we saw on Monday night just the result of the quality of their opponent?
2: Well, I mean, look, uh, it's it, it would be uh hypocritical and god god help us if Dallas Cowboys fandom is ever hypocritical uh it would be it would be hypocritical for us to say that, uh, that the quality of the opponent was an issue after i heard all week how the Cowboys had no chance to go in to Tampa and and beat a Tom Brady led uh Tampa Bay team in a playoff game, uh, you know, uh, what, Oh, the, what the Cowboys are going to, they're going to beat Tom Brady on their eighth try in a playoff game. Are you, <laughs> you kidding me? Uh, so uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ready to listen to that excuse that it, that Tampa Bay wasn't a, wasn't a good opponent. I, you know, I have been of the, uh, I have been of the thought process that I, I feel like the team has been Trying to win on more vanilla game plans for the last few weeks in an effort to not only prevent, uh, you know, tipping hats on 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 key, uh, uh, trends that they like to use, not not necessarily plays, but just like how they use play action, how they use their motion, you know, the you know more variety in formation. I mean, I I presented a lot of different kind of evidence over the last few weeks on on our pod and, and on Twitter that that. The Cowboys have kind of uh, intentionally gone into a shell to a large degree. And, and I think this, the Washington game was like blood in the water in the worst ways for, for all the worst of Cowboys fandom. We spent the entire week talking about how 99% chance that this game means absolutely nothing. And the Cowboys knew that too. The players knew that as well. If they If you don't think they knew what was going on with, with, with the whole situation all the way through the game, you're fooling yourself. I, I, the Cowboys used a p- a play action at like something like eight percent. I think they had like 15 total motions in the game. Uh, against Tampa Bay, they used t- play action at 24%. <laughs> and they use something like like forty five motions and shifts uh, in the game. Look, you can say what you want about what you think their intent was, but to me, the evidence has been presented that they decided to become conservative and be safe and not try to get anybody hurt. And what does that mean? That means Dak not trusting a pocket that has Connor McGovern playing center. That means Dak not showing you anything more than silo routes of comebacks and nine routes. That that, that means, uh, you know, Kellen not calling the mesh, not calling the crossing routes, you know, not calling the uh, the more interesting routes and being more conservative because, uh, uh you know, the, the large majority of their fate of what was going to happen, uh, who they were going to be playing this last Sunday was already sealed in that game. So uh, that's the 10,000-foot view. As far as the specific answers to some of that stuff, I think the pass rush is a different situation. I think that it's it's been a case where they just hadn't played as well the last few years. They the last few weeks they they played a couple of offensive lines that uh, were specifically trying to get rid of the ball very quickly. They played with with quarterbacks that wouldn't even take a chance necessarily at facing this pass rush so their their entire game plans were to get the ball out as fast as they can or to use screens of the run game to make sure that the pass rush didn't become uh an issue uh and so even though the pass rush probably was still the same the 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 win rate was probably still the same i i think that the re- the results that people look at to, to to determine how the pass rush is doing uh, they weren't the same because because the you know the pressure was not able to finish in sacks all the time, mm-hmm. uh, and and also because the opportunity just wasn't there as much. So I think when you play good teams, uh, they 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 take the chance to throw the football, uh, and that uh, obviously gives you more opportunity to to actually bring the quarterback down. But as you can see, I don't think Micah Parsons is like tailed off. That was the best game he's had maybe all season last mm-hmm. week. Uh, I mean, against I Tampa, so um, I, I don't know. To me, it's it's more of a team that maybe was, you know, realizing, how, uh, re- realizing the value of these games versus the playoff games and maybe, in my opinion, playing appropriately.
1: So let me just uh, follow up on that because in some ways, if we extend your argument, you know, what they were doing – in the last half of the season, or at least least since Thanksgiving, runs contra to what a lot of Cowboy fans would have done, which was to try to win the division. And it seems like if they did a calculus, their calculus was, it's better to get to the playoffs healthy than to try to win the division. And if so, I mean, because it wasn't just the Washington game where they basically came out. I mean, I I think certainly that was the the most obvious example against against Washington where they came out with what amounted to a preseason game plan but it does feel like you know if i if i'm hearing you correctly is it's not just in that game in which they've kind of dialed things back a little bit and haven't been as haven't been as aggressive haven't been as you know um uh uh maybe you know um haven't necessarily opened up the whole playbook etc yeah
2: the bag's not all the way open it feels like, yeah exactly
1: right? i mean it's open but it's not it's not wide open like like yeah. you know you talk about kellen more being in his bag well he's not deep digging down at the bottom of the bag you know he's got his hand in the no. bag certainly no so so i guess like but that would suggest then that they either believe they had no chance of catching philadelphia or they didn't care if they caught philadelphia because the main thing they wanted to do is in the tournament healthy because they believed that whether they were at home or away it didn't matter because they were good enough to to make hay in the tournament i mean i, I i'm not i and i'm not sure exactly what the reasoning would be because it does seem to us like having that home field advantage would be something massive that you'd really want to play for but as you're suggesting and this is something we talked about on the pod last week uh you know going you know going for home field advantage um doesn't seem like it was something that they were really trying to do in those last those last few weeks
2: I mean, let's let's look at. If it happened, I, I, that would
1: be great. Let's, they, let's, wait, wait, it wasn't their sole goal? Sorry, go ahead.
2: Uh, can we all, we can all agree that I think the turning point in which that we actually started looking at, okay, we got a chance here. Like this is happening uh, is the Giants game, the first yes. Giant, the, the the second Giants game. I'm sorry, well, on on and on Thanksgiving, right? Yep. Yep. At that point, you win the Giants game, and there is. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to do a little counting. One, two, three, four, five, six games left in the season, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: you're already two games behind Philadelphia at that point. Right. I, I right. think that, that's what everyone needs to remember. Catching Philadelphia was not uh, uh, out of the question, but it certainly, it wasn't like we were in a dead heat with them either, even with, uh, uh, you know, cause we had already played one of our two games with them. We still had another game left uh, to, to play with them, but at home, which obviously we, we felt like we could win, but, but it wasn't necessarily going to be enough. So, uh, and the other thing to consider is that of those six games again i'm doing some counting real quick and excuse me four of those games were non-conference opponents
1: which weren't going to affect this outcome much other than i mean yeah it wasn't gonna and, affect and, playoff seating yeah
2: and on top of that we are are you know uncommon opponents
1: you know to say the right. least so
2: right uh, i i th- I'm not making excuses for anyone because, the, you know, a lot of these teams, especially Houston had no business being on the field with the Cowboys. The Cowboys should have blown the doors off of them, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and you know ultimately they win those games. But, but, and that's, you know, we could talk about how that proves something itself that those games when they had no business winning, they still win sometimes. Uh, I, I think that is, you know, and, and, and look, I mean some of the other things that were left bad taste in our mouths, right? Like Jack, the Jacksonville games. I mean, does that how bad does that Jacksonville game look right now? You know, you, you lost to a, a a team that is now also on their way uh, mm-hmm. into a divisional round game uh, that was desperate, that had to win that game, and you're playing them on the road, and you lost in overtime. That the city of Dallas, I mean, they were going to be writing songs like the Chicago F- about the Chicago Fire about Dallas after the Jacksonville loss. Like e- everyone was like, you know, buying buying new homes to move out of, out of the city. Everyone was freaking out so bad. I I just think that these are tough games to win, you know, even against opponents that we feel like are inferior. Um, And I think that we spent a lot of time last year emptying out the bag to win the division. uh, And, and I think at the end of the year, it didn't serve us. I think at the end of the year, what you saw was a team that was empty. And 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 we started to see it even in the blowouts. We in the back of our minds, we 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 were seeing this offense doesn't look the same. It yep. doesn't seem like it's it's not it doesn't it's not converting the way it should. At, at the rate a very of deceptive
1: regular- fifty six points against the, it against was Washington. Extremely
2: deceptive. And 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 I think that if you mm-hmm. go back and watch that, the same problems that were in the back of our heads, going man, I don't like the way that looks right now compared to the way it did earlier in the season. That that is what got carried over into the uh the wild card game against San Francisco um and and that's not what got carried over this week this you know, Tampa yeah, they looked yeah. like the the team that that bounced that that had woken up from the the Vikings game and 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 decided to play like that again you know
1: yeah i think we we definitely want to talk more about um in some ways what you're just gesturing toward which is the the way in which they finished against san francisco last year because of course they're getting ready to play them again before we do i think it would be remiss if we didn't take a moment to talk about yes the tampa win was great um but uh, we can't really talk about it without talking about dak prescott because he was magnificent decisive accurate aggressive without being reckless and willing to make plays with his legs and made several really really important plays with his legs. So lots of folks landing this week have been have been saying that this was his best game as a cowboy. I'm I'm curious to hear what you thought of his performance and where it falls within the spectrum of his career.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think you know, I think that this is a lot of what we've been seeing from Dak. I think that a lot of people, again, have been kind of focused on 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 the interception streak. And mm-hmm. and look, you know, if if uh, if if I can't remember who it was, but twenty four for for Tampa Bay. You know, closes his hands a little bit better on 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 on, on the touchdown. touchdown. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're talking about the eighth week in a row that, that that Dak threw an interception. And guess what? It would have been uh, in that eight games. I, I still think the Cowboys win that game in that win that in those eight games. The Cowboys are something like six and two or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I think that's the thing that that like you know it's 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 the the narrative that happens throughout the week is sometimes just intentionally looking over the good news. I I, I guess what I'm getting at is that everyone is hailing this as an incredible performance. To me, this is what Dak Prescott does. He just did it in the playoffs this time. It was an incredibly efficient game, absolutely, but this is the majority of what we come to expect from Dak Prescott. Um, I think that there has been this kind of – you know, like I said, uh, 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 reeling in a little bit. They didn't want it. They didn't want him using his legs regularly throughout the season. Now that it's open and it all, and there's no tomorrow. Uh, you're seeing this this offense, and you're seeing Dak Prescott fully unleashed, and and this is what that looks like. And I think
1: it's obviously very impressive.
0: So, yeah, L- L- our
1: our friend John Williams, sorry Dan, our friend John Williams tweeted at some point. You know, uh, that something to the effect of like, you know, I, I know you're all, you know, I, I'll, 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 like, you know. I'll, Really in the DAC right now, but this is who this guy is. And, yeah, and I, and you know I, I retweeted that only once because I couldn't retweet it any other times. But I, I that's sort of what I was feeling too. So I'm glad you said that because I feel like, you know, if you think that this was a special game by Dak Prescott, you don't know you don't know Dak Prescott.
0: See exactly. I I take issue with this a little bit because I don't. I mean, this is who he can be, but it 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 isn't who he's been. And especially, I mean, these are really contrasting performances. And, I mean, I I just want a little more clarification here. I mean, I I want you to tell me that these last couple games, Dak was experimenting or he was trying to do some things a little different because, I mean, Prescott played really well against the Bucs. I mean, he was doing all the right things. And, sure, we've seen him do these things before. I don't know if I've seen him put together such a complete game with, like, between the reads and the footwork and just throwing, you know, the the ball placement was just spot on. But, I mean – over the course, and uh, granted the interceptions, they don't mean what they mean. Um, there's a lot of good play mixed in there, but there was a lot of plays where it's like, ah, eh, that wasn't a good, very good read, or that, you know, he could have done this better, or so. Do I mean, is he doing? Was he doing something a little bit different? I mean, I just have a little bit of a problem with all of a sudden just playing so bad, you know, one uh, week and uh, then.
2: I think I think the problem is is that people are viewing this as the exception to the rule when the bad play is the exception to the rule. You know, like that's that's the issue. I mean, this is still a team that has not lost two games in a row this entire year, you know, and, and Dak was, you know, obviously five games of that was Cooper Rush. But Dak was a part of that. So I, I tend to this view, you know, some of the stuff that happens is, you know, when he had he does. I mean, he certainly didn't play great football last week, but I, I think that to me that didn't that wasn't a a trend you know to me that's that's the exception to the rule and and again i i think that what's difficult to do is parse what's dak prescott and what's play calling what's dak prescott and what's you know the 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 components around him uh because i think that there was some of these games where you know he's been marked as having a bad game and you know it 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 wasn't necessarily fault. I mean, even even in this game, th- they started out with a three and out, and and those were three drops, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Like it, so, uh, I think that there's just there's been times when he's the uh, he it's been Dak and he's failed us, and 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 he's had some issues. But I think the vast majority of time, Dak is one of the best quarterbacks in in the NFL, and he plays like it. And when he's given time and opportunity, and he's comfortable with it, and and again, I I can't stress this enough there's more on the line in this game than there has been in weeks, you know, like like the, 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 they've been playing. They haven't really been playing for something, you know? I, I mean, I think that we've, like I said, we've all talked to ourselves about like, you know, home field, uh, home field advantage, the number one seed, the NFC East championships, whether that was still all relying on somebody else, but ultimately they wanted to get in the playoffs and, and, and then uh, unleash and unleash and, and be a difficult team to play. I, I think that this has been, for better or for worse, a better way to enter the playoffs than what they, the way they entered last year. And 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 so, yeah, I, I guess to kind of go back to your question, yeah, I do think that this is kind of closer to what I expect and what we've come to see from Dak Prescott. I do think that there have been, I don't want to say extenuating circumstances, but I think I'll just say I think it's hard to win in the NFL. When winning is not your only objective and, Mm, and, and that's, and the, and for the Cowboys, they've been in the playoffs and their seed has basically been determined for weeks. So, uh, I think it's, I think it's, it's, it's tough to empty out your bag. It's tough to want to empty out your bag, uh, when you know that you've got important games down the road
1: yeah we actually did our mid podcast during the bye and we talked about playoff seating at the time and and talked about the playoff pathways and the one that was the obvious one we actually had to find uh, other pathways to try to talk about but the one that was the sort of blinking light was tampa bay san francisco philadelphia or potentially san francisco philadelphia san francisco but that it was those three teams and that's almost certainly what it's going to be and so so nothing's changed and you and i think your thesis that in some ways they beat the giants on thanksgiving and that was it i mean they were good. they were in the playoffs basically from that point on and so in some ways their their thinking changed if it changed at all it changed when they lost to green bay like in some ways losing green bay and going back to meant okay so let's let's change us change what's most important to us now i will say one other thing and then, and then i'll let dan ask his next question which is I mean, I haven't really had, I I need, I need to do more work on this, but it seems to me from a cursory look that there were more wide open receivers against Tampa Bay than there were than I've seen in recent weeks. And so, uh, you know, this is, in some ways it it goes back to what you were saying in terms of Kellen being in his bag and, and dialing up more things that, you know, were, I I mean, I don't know what, I don't know what they were doing. It was entirely different, but that game plan was working really well. And um, so, yeah, so Dak was great, but you know, I think if there's anything different about Dak, it's that he wasn't throwing into the consistently tight windows he's been throwing into for weeks.
2: Yeah. And again, that's kind of going back to what I was trying to say to Danny too, is that it's, it's tough to parse like, You know, exactly what was Dak making tight window that people are quoting tight window numbers on Twitter, but is Dak making tight window throws because Dak's pushing the ball where it shouldn't be, or is Dak making tight window throws because they're trying to play an intentionally conservative game plan? and, And in order to make big plays against, you know, coverages while playing in a conservative game plan, you have to make tight window throws in order to complete the ball down the field that i mean what's it's a chicken and egg situation i i think with a lot of this stuff i will go back to the green bay thing and say i, I think that there's two things i, I think the green bay was the last game that they really ultimately wanted to like see if they could win that game i mean not that they weren't trying to win the other games i'm not trying to apply that at all but i think green bay was the last game that we watched that they were like truly emptying the bag it felt like uh-huh, to try uh-huh. to win that game uh and then the last thing i'll say too is I don't think that it's all just about killing more and uh, and and opening up the offense more, more. So sorry. Um, I think Gallup's playing a lot better football than yes. he has been a few weeks. I, I think having T.Y. Hilton on the team and 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 showing us that not only is he a deep threat, but he's a guy who can run shallow stuff, shallow stuff in zones and sit down and make himself uh, presentable. It gives you two more guys. Everyone wants to look at points, and they want to look at, at touchdowns. But when the Cowboys have had problems in the past, especially at the end of the year, they couldn't convert. They couldn't get, they couldn't make third downs, they, and they couldn't get the, the, on first and second downs. The difference is now is, is that they don't have to throw the ball to CeeDee Lamb to convert in third down. If you want to draw your attention away, Dak is finally putting these slants into Gallup's gut instead of over his head. And I think that's the difference is that – as Gallup has gotten healthier, and as the chemistry between Dak and Gallup has come back, they didn't have any training camp or anything together. Uh, that that is where that to me was the biggest difference between the the what they had to happen in the Tampa game is that we knew Tampa was going to roll everything to Ceedee Lamb. Was Michael Gallup, was T.Y. Hilton going to be able to convert those three or four times when you needed them mm-hmm. to make those mm-hmm. conversions mm-hmm. to keep those drives alive? And they did, and they won. And I think that's going to be important going forward.
1: Yeah, I think at least once or twice a game you're gonna see TY sit down underneath and then catch a little short pass and then turn and just kind of get small and split the zone to like underneath zone defenders and just eek nope. out that first down, you know, and can convert and keep the chains moving. Yeah. Danny, I know I know you you got a question for us, so why don't you go ahead and shoot? Yeah,
0: well actually before that I, I just want to make one final <laughs> one final comment with what something that we haven't talked about that that needs to be brought up is you know, if we want to talk about like, a jug and high performance, I can't remember seeing the offensive line play as well as they did in this game. Um, even with, you know, Peters having to come out and stuff, those guys were just incredible. I was just, I, I think, I think the, the Tyler's are or the, or the Smiths had their best games. Um, mm-hmm. Both, you know, to, you know, Tyron on, on at, at right tackle. And then Tyler, I think that, that he really amazed me too. Cause those Tampa had some big guys. There's some big muscle in the middle too. And, and to us, to see what he did,
2: super impressed. So many, of development time what you're watching is a young rookie tyler smith who's becoming incredible i mean yeah. uh, going back to what you're talking about his game he was the best offensive lineman on the field for both teams yep. and, and he and he did it at both left guard and left tackle uh that that was just incredibly impressive as as an ol guy like to watch i mean look especially coming from the cowboys Uh, you know, of past years that, that, you know, Hey, you played left tackle and that's all that you're playing. And and your, your backup is a left tackle. Maybe we have a swing tackle, but I, you know, we all, including myself, you know, lots of poo pooing the, this offensive line coach, when they started talking about rotating guys or moving offensive line, man it works like it's 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 the best way getting the best five on the field and having that ability to do that like is incredible and, and i do agree i think we got to go back to the weird development thing as i was talking about tyler smith developing at the end of the season right and like really coming into his own meanwhile while tyron smith is developing himself because he's getting more comfortable at getting mm-hmm. back into right tackle the difference in tyron smith uh now versus when he that, that first game is i mean just so noticeable i mean just everything from like the strength in his in his post foot like cuz i mean he's so used to stepping with that right foot to do those backside cutoffs and runs now it's stepping with his left foot and getting that left arm there uh you know and 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 i think with the the pass set stuff like that seemed a little more natural because he's just such a a natural mover but i think it's it's the footwork in the run game that really took a little while and that's where you're starting to see him become more comfortable obviously it helps to have a a hall of famer uh playing to your left but but i think that the fact that you're seeing these guys improve as we go into you know maybe the most or at the at the least second second most dangerous pass rushing unit uh is 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 really something Yeah,
0: the timing couldn't be better. And speaking of moving on to the 49ers, um, so, you know, the Cowboys will face off against a 49ers team that not only bounced them from the postseason last year, but also exposed their weaknesses. So while this is not the same 49ers team, they still boast most and in some cases even more lethal features that help send the Cowboys packing a year ago. So my question, next question for you is, where do you think the San Francisco team has the biggest advantage and what matchup should scare Cowboys fans the most?
2: <sighs> well, um, man, I, I mean, I, I guess, you know, whoever is covering that <laughs> – that second receiver that's on the field, uh, 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 on, you know, versus the San Francisco offense is probably, uh, is probably going to be a mismatch. I mean, honestly, I, you know, the thing is, is that I've kind of gone back and looked at this game, you know, even, even when I was supposed to be studying the Tampa tape and kind of going over stuff, I, I, I couldn't stop, but put on the San Francisco game and watch the San Francisco Seattle game and, and that defense, uh, the defense is not quite the boogeyman that I, I, I felt like it was, you know, before I went and watched it a little bit. Uh, I think you could throw the football on them. I, I think if you could protect your quarterback, th- there is some uh, some, some uh, ad- advantage to be had in their secondary. But I think if you're talking about something for us to be afraid of, um, I, I know Bosa is obviously a mismatch for whoever, but I, I like, you know, Tyler Smith's uh, uh, and Tyron Smith's uh, chances there. Not, you know not so much that I'm betting on it, but I think that if we're talking about pure disadvantage, I think to me, you know, it's, it's the, the Cowboys are going to try to solve this problem with a lot of different solutions at that second cornerback spot. But I think wherever you solve it, it's, it's going to be a, a, a soft spot for the defense. So to me, however, they manage, and not really cornerback two, it's really cornerback three, right? It's, it's, it's whoever comes in as bland. And I do like, I do love, and I think that they will continue to kind of solve that problem by committing, right? They'll cobble it together uh, through a bunch of different of of people through a d- bunch of different types of formations, and we saw that too with the use of Mukwamu in, in the in the slot. So, um, but I think that no matter what that situation is, uh, Brandon Ayuk is 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 a very difficult matchup for really good cornerbacks. Uh, the Cowboys are going to have their handful there. I mean, that's obviously not even mentioning uh, some of the other guys. I just think as far as pure mismatch goes, Iyuk uh, is, is going to be a better player than whoever you put out uh, opposite on, on him on
1: defense. How concerned are you about the 49ers running game? and, and just the, the I mean, in some ways, that seems like a bad schematic fit for the Cowboys defense.
2: You know, actually, I think that's the part to me that um, – I, that I actually I, I feel more confident about than I did before going into the game. Look, you know Shanahan's one of the best, in, in, in scheming obviously you know multiple things, pass and and run. Uh, obviously he comes from uh the the Godfather of of the wide zone, just his like his dad. You know, had mm-hmm. him as the offensive line coach uh you know, so so wide zone and and the variations off of that you'll we'll, you'll see some uh, uh zone pitch stuff you'll see some misdirection uh there's a lot there um i i think that where this is why where i get confidence that i didn't have last year i think that we are not talking about how good the cowboys defensive interior is playing right now uh, and I think that that's an underrated aspect that has really, especially these last few weeks, really, really come on. Oh, Diggy obviously. Now, now that Neville guy. Gallimore
1: is no longer on the game day roster. I mean, listen, anybody who's
2: been listening to me, I've <laughs> been calling for Gallimore to be off the 53-man roster for weeks because Chauncey Golson is playing damn good football right now. Yeah. And and he's doing it from a variety of techniques, whether it's from the zero all the way out to the three. You've seen him play a little bit defensive, and I don't love him out as much out there. But I, I think he's there's a reason that that they sent uh, 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 Gallimore to the bench, and it's because they felt like they could give more snaps to, uh, to Golston. Odigizua had like 45 snaps or something outrageous for a defensive tackle and played fantastic on almost all of them. Hankins is now back. I I think that that to me gives me hope that they that we could create problems with their cutback lanes in, in some of this wide zone stuff. Obviously, their offensive tackles are incredible. Um, Trent Williams is is the best offensive lineman in, in the in the league right now. Um, but I, I do think that there will be opportunities, especially with Hankins and and Leighton Vander Esch back. Leighton Vander another guy who I just have to make a stop at. I think he's playing his best football of his career, including his rookie season. It's just, it's he's really just all over the place. Having having him just step back right in uh, and be healthy and not have to like kind of go through that learning curve since he you know was on IR and they gave him enough time, or not IR, just but just you know uh, inactive and they gave him enough time to get healthy. Uh, that was just a huge boost. So I think the increased play of your defensive line and the better play of your linebackers with Leighton Vander Eschback with uh, Clark having all this experience now uh, with Anthony Barr. I mean, I think if you know, Anthony Barr, you can limit his exposure a little bit. I think you're in a better spot to try to, to stop the run game. But I think that the problem is that the San Francisco passing game is, is better than it ha- was uh, mm-hmm. last year. Uh uh, so all i guess weapons. the question question question, all becomes uh when does this rookie quarterback figure out that he's a rookie
1: quarterback mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hope. just to come to earth it's just cut to come down to earth game maybe uh, are you worried at all about i mean one of the things that shanahan wants to do is make your te- make your cornerbacks tackle are you worried about uh you know perimeter runs where they they find ways to make trevon Diggs tackle because he certainly he certainly looked like he was not interested in that last week Yeah. I mean, I think Trayvon will do it when he has to, you know, I just think he does it
2: when he doesn't, (laughs) you know, like, and if you look, he does just enough uh, uh, on his outside responsibility to make the guy cut back inside so that somebody else will tackle. Mm -hmm. I think if you, if push comes to shove you know, he'll do it. And I, and I think the other thing too, is that you got to remember that the Cowboys have a lot of speed at the second level too. A lot of speed at the second level, I mean because because you're playing a lot of safeties there, you end up playing a lot of three safety looks, so mm-hmm. uh and you're gonna have some size if they're gonna like give us some nickel looks and stuff and then try to run outside and then block us with uh with wide receivers, which is something that they like to do. they have really good blocking wide receivers. they gotta remember that we might be playing hiszer Mimu at say at nickel back, who's gonna have you know four inches and fifteen pounds on them, so yeah yeah um. Uh, there, there there is some 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 kind of ways to get around that i i i think you're 100% right they're going to test him early and not even just in the run game but in the screens too they'll they'll mm-hmm. get quick passes out to debo and and make make him tackle so um, and and and, and i think that the cowboys are probably going to try to mitigate that by playing tight coverage up top, up front and 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 putting uh 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 digs and press there because you know you're not going to want to throw a smoke screen to to uh, to Debo when Diggs is on impressed on coverage. So, it, but it's going to be incumbent on, on Diggs to make sure that he's making tackles when the ball spills outside, especially in the run game.
1: Yeah, I think this is going to be a big game for Donovan Wilson. Um, so speaking Absolutely. about, you know, you were just talking about how much speed they ha- the Cowboys have. So l- let's switch gears a little bit and talk about um, some of the some of the Cowboy strength. So even though last year's playoff loss has just got as many Cowboy fans trepidatious right now about this contest... 49ers faithful also has much to fret about. So, in your opinion, where does Dallas enjoy an advantage going in, and what matchups should keep the Niners coaching staff up at night?
2: Well, I, I don't think anybody in that secondary is going to have a fun time covering CeeDee Lamb. Um, I, I, I think that you know whether you want to put thirty-year-old uh, uh, Jimmy Ward on in the slot on on CD Lamb, or you want to put you know one of the other corners that they use in there. Uh, that's not going to be a good matchup for them. Um, I, I think that that even on the outside that they may enjoy some advantages with Gallup and Ty Hilton. Uh, Commodore, I think is his name, is the mm-hmm. is the opposite corner. Uh, and I think that they've got some uh, safeties that you know they're they're pretty good, but they got a guy Tufanga who's a, a tackling machine, but he is a box safety. So d- look for look for the Cowboys to try to find a way to match up. Uh, schultz on him one-on-one uh, and see if they can kind of replicate what the 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 raiders were u- doing with uh, darren waller against against san francisco um I, I think that those are those are some big advantages and on, on the other side of the ball uh I, I think you know again despite it being shanahan it's still a rookie quarterback uh i think that there is going to be a lot of pass rushing to be done uh between the tackles the Cowboys going to be able to find ways to and look there isn't a team outside of you know some team that might have you know, one of the few dominant defensive tackles in the league there isn't a team that's probably better suited to attack the middle of a defense than a cowboys team that you know specializes in pirate stunts and twists and that sort of thing so they're going to find ways to get guys free in the middle and the, the interior 3 of of San Francisco is is not great so they 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 will hopefully be able to try to find pressure uh, in his face immediately, which no rookie or veteran or any quarterback likes. So I, I do think that that is going to be a pressure point for the pass and the run game. Um, and then I think McGlinsey uh, has been, uh, uh, you know, mostly a, a good right tackle for them. Um, but I, I'm certainly trying him pretty heavily early uh to see if he's up to the the job of of Parsons or or uh, DeMarcus uh, Lawrence honestly I I think that both of them should be able to make hay against uh, against him
1: That's actually what sort of a follow up I was going to have do you put Parsons on Williams or do you just say forget it and try to move him over to other side and and take advantage of the fact that you know McGlinchey's a big a big sort of traditional like Mark Colombo style right tackle he's not a great mover
2: Keep him guessing you do it all, yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, that's 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 what you know. Uh, there was all kinds of different stuff that they were trying last week. You know, maybe we even saw some fire zone. So you know, like I, I, I think, I think you you move them all around. You give them different formations. That's what makes this this line dangerous. And I think that's what's going to make things a little bit more difficult for Shanahan this time is that they use so many more like. uh uh, technique combinations on their defensive line you know so maybe you'll see them in a bear look on first down who knows Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. so i think having guys that are good that's the that's the key thing being good at playing multiple techniques and that that are playing multiple techniques is is incredibly useful because now even on kind of a second and seven you can you can get a, a uh, a guy who could rush the passer but also play the run like Golson, uh next to a guy like Odigizua and maybe suddenly uh, you know those play action plays don't kill you as much because you got a guy who can suddenly win and, and cause pressure and, and mm-hmm. get a throw away and suddenly you're in a third and long and you know they haven't had a ton of those situations I will say too just one more area where I think the Cowboys will hold an advantage is that uh, I-, I think the red zone um you know the Cowboys have been a very good scoring red zone team and been very good on defense and scoring uh last I checked if if I'm not mistaken I might have to double check my numbers but I'm pretty sure that when I did check San Francisco has not had that's that kind of success with their offensive defense despite especially their defense being very very good so uh I do think that if the Cowboys can uh you know stop the bleeding. And, and there's been times, you know, when the Cowboys have been up and don't break defense, right? So they get them in there and then they end up, uh, uh, you know, not being able to score touchdowns. Yeah, I got it right here. Sorry. the they, uh, San Francisco ranks 20th uh, in red zone scoring percentage and their offense is 17th. So below average on both sides of the ball. Uh, I think that's one area where the Cowboys are very strong. So even if they can uh, uh, get uh, it, it, the San Francisco gets in the, in the red zone, doesn't always automatically mean points.
1: Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. i hope
0: the cowboys can uh convert in the red zone too because the last thing we want to see is them trotting maher out there a lot you know on sunday because that's going to be we don't know what that's going to be it's going to be crazy we i feel like we were just not too long from just feeling completely confident with the guy and then here we are and now we don't want we have no idea what to expect so that's going to be something for sure
2: but Landon That's just having a kicker. That's just having a kicker as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah. So welcome, welcome
1: to the NFL. Yeah, you know, I
0: <laughs> I, I, I thought about you, Landon, uh, from our talk earlier in the season, too, where you're like, you know, you even specifically said, you know, you don't want to have a kicker too reliable to where it's like, you know, you are just get com- complacent and you're just, you know, you got a dependable guy. And then look what the Cowboys do. They go for it on that fourth down and they score. So it's like, when that happened, I was like, I bet McCool's is smiling right there. So... Um,
2: well, I'll tell you what, when they went through that other fourth down and uh, in, in, in midfield, I think it was uh, that's when I knew that they were going to win the game, um, mm-hmm. because I was like, they're 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 playing like the better team and they are fully committed to winning this game. They're fully committed. They're playing a level of aggressiveness that will win this game. So, yeah, I absolutely agree.
0: All right, Landon. So speaking of better team, it's time for you to make a lot of Cowboy fans oh, no. really happy or really sad. It's totally up to you. So, um, mm-hmm.
1: so... <laughs> the fate of Cowboys' hands, is in... <laughs> nation, is in your hands, my friend.
0: So, tell us who wins this game and give us a final score prediction. I
2: keep thinking about that scene from Airplane, where Leslie Nielsen is is talking uh, to I can't remember what the name of the star of the movie is of, of Airplane, but having a conversation with the star. And the star suggests Leslie Nielsen says something outrageous. Oh, Robert,
1: Hayes. Robert, Hayes. Robert Hayes.
2: Robert Hayes. Thank you. And Robert Hayes says, "Well, surely you must be joking." <laughs> and and of course the the famous line of, "Or surely you're not serious." And the famous line, "Of course I'm serious and and, and stop calling me Shirley." I've heard all the Shirley's. Like I've heard them all. Like surely the Cowboys season is over now that Dak Prescott has broken his thumb. Surely we're not going to see Tyron Smith play uh, football again this season. He tore his hamstring off the bone. Oh, well, maybe we'll see Tyron Smith play this season, but surely he can't play right tackle. I mean, he's played left tackle for the last 10 years. Surely the Cowboys aren't going to be able to, uh, uh, you know, win any games with Cooper Rush at quarterback. Like that's just, that's just an unrealistic thing. Surely the Cowboys aren't going to find a way to uh, win on, on Thanksgiving Surely the Cowboys can't beat the Eagles, even with the backup quarterback. Surely the Cowboys can't beat Tom Brady for the first time ever in their history in a division, in a wild card playoff game in Tampa Bay. So I'm done with the Shirley's. I've heard them all at this point. Um, This team can do whatever they want. You know, they, I I honestly believe that. I I think they can play with any, when they play at, at up to their capacity, they can play with anybody in this league and, and beat them anywhere. Um, it doesn't mean that they will, but I believe that they will. I, I, I think that, uh, they're going to come into San Francisco. Uh, I I think it's, it, it it feels like too much destiny. I haven't, no one wants to say it. No one wants to speak it out loud, but 30 years, like to the, to the day, and some of these things, like the, the Tampa Bay game was 30 years to the day, almost uh, like one day off 30 years to the day of, of. The the how about them cowboys call from Jimmy in in the mm-hmm. San Francisco locker room like some of this just lines up too perfectly and 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 and, and now it's starting to feel like fate now it, before it felt like we were fighting against destiny but now you beat Tampa Bay and, and, T- and Tom Brady and suddenly now it feels like you're rolling downhill I understand that San Francisco is San Francisco but I remember when we went into San Francisco. Uh, and they were San Francisco then too, back in '92 when we played them in Candlestick Park. So I'm going to go with Dusty. I'm going to pick the Cowboys. Uh, I think they win what will be a fantastic game, um, and I'm going to pick them to win 31-28. Uh, does it? Does Brett Maher kick the winning field goal? <laughs> yeah, I think you know. Listen, here's my here's my two cents about the kicker. Uh, I guarantee you because every single outlet is all to- all they want to talk about is Brett Maher, he'll be absolutely fine on Sunday. Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. guess what? That's what again, that's what an NFL kicker is. So mm-hmm. uh yeah I think Brett Marr will will make uh uh four four extra points in a field goal. One
1: of the things that Dan and I have been talking about is you can't the likelihood of eking out four close wins in a long playoff run is very very low so you need you can get there you can get a couple of them because those are like basically toss-ups you and i used to talk about that a lot back yeah. in the day and so what they've got to do is minimize the number of close games if they can win one maybe two but they but they can't continue to win close game after close game so um but they're gonna have to win one eventually and when they do maher's gonna gonna have to kick something because it's very rare that you win a close game and the, and the kicker is doesn't factor in some way. And so this might be the time, but I, I sort of feel like if, if it's, if it's going to happen, you know, he'll be fine. And he may even, he, there may be a, a lovely redemption story in it. Uh, I would love to, I would love to have that come true. I, I, I think that, I think that this team can, I think this team can beat anybody. I, I am worried about personally, just about um the physicality of the, the 49ers offensive and defensive lines I think the Cowboys are, are more equipped this year than they were last year to, to match that. But I still, I still, you know, I have to see it first. I have to see it first. Well, listen, dude, thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. It was great talking about both the, you know, the win over the Tampa Bay Brady's and uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I can't tell you how happy I'd be if that was his last game as a professional. That'd be so Me sweet. too. And, yeah. um, I don't think it will be, but, oh, please let it be. Um, be and also just like looking forward to looking ahead to San Francisco. And as always, uh, I love the fact that you offer a kind of level-headed analysis that isn't caught up in the the woe is me or the this team is the best team ever, kind of, you know, up and down fluctuation that is life in Cowboys Nation. Hmm. Uh, before you head out, please do us, do us a favor and, and tell all the students where they can find your fine, fine work.
2: Uh, yeah, please come follow me on Twitter at McCoolBCB uh, and definitely come check us out on the Locked on Cowboys podcast. Uh, We're on YouTube and anywhere you get uh, your fine podcast, wherever you have your fine podcast provade from or if you have a podcaster who collects them for you and brings them to you in the morning. I don't know. I'm but wherever you find child, podcasts, a that's planner. right. Yeah, <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a podcast monger if you, if you, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that you contact. Uh, yeah, but, but please come check us out, Locked on Cowboys podcast.
1: Thanks a lot, dude. Thanks. Good luck this. Uh, let's let's have a good game this uh, this weekend, huh? Yeah, go Cowboys. Thanks, Landon. Thanks, guys. Well, I mean, you don't need to persuade me that that it's always great to chop it up with uh, with Landon McCool. How did you feel about our little conversation? I'll tell you what, Rabs.
0: I I was see McCool. You... Like you mentioned earlier, you McCool's is very level-headed and he's just really got his finger on the pulse of this team. So I know he's going to keep things real. So it, it felt really good actually to hear a lot of the positives um, and just, ha- you know, and he, and he made a lot of great points too. And, and it's, it's things that we, that we, we, we know are there, but we, we're just maybe a little bit guarded, you know, we're, mm-hmm. because of things of how things have been, we're just a little bit protected, you know, we don't want to be hurt again and stuff, but, Absolutely, you know this Cowboys team is—they're a good team, and they got as good a shot as anyone if they can play to that level. And it was good to see that he had a very optimistic view on a lot of things that you know i I personally still have some
1: apprehensions about.
0: So, great—it's always great to have Landon on on the show.
1: I, 100%. So one of the things we talked about briefly that I I'd like to hear your opinion a little bit more about before we wrap up which is um this idea that okay so the Cowboys had a bounce back game. Obvi- I I think I think that the thing you said about the Washington game being the exception not the rule I think is is a wise bit of advice. Um but I am still left wondering and this is what the, this is why this upcoming game against the 49ers is going to be so interesting to me. I am left wondering a little bit. Is this a a situation – because the Cowboys dominated from basically the third series until the final series, right? Uh, Is that because that's how much better they are and they just – it just took a couple series for them to kind of get the nerves out. And once they did, they just showed their quality. Or was this in some part, whether a large part or a small part – the result of the fact that Tampa Bay doesn't really belong in the playoffs and it, and they wouldn't have been the playoffs if they didn't happen to be the, you know, sort of default champion in an otherwise very pedestrian and, and even below average division. I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. And I think that next week's or this this coming weekend, rather, is really going to give us a lot of information because I think the, Cow, the, the Cowboys are going up against what is probably the best team in the nfc if it's not the cowboys it's probably the 49ers and um so it's going to be it's going to be the real litmus test what are your thoughts about that i mean in terms of last last weekend's victory do you, do you have any uh, do you have any um opinion in one way or the other
0: yeah i think you you i mean i think you said this said it really well and and there and here's the thing to me i think i mean we we've seen tom brady play play a lot you know over the years and to me, this was one of the, the, the worst games I've seen him play. I mean, he was throwing warm burners. He was missing guys. Um, and it was – it was, it was he, we played a Tampa Bay team that did not play very well. But that doesn't take away from the fact that the Cowboys played an extremely well game. And, and um, you know, if you look at everything that they were they were doing. So you put those two things together, and, and that's the results you're going to get, as, you know, Richard Sherman once said. But here we go, <laughs> go to a, a, a 49ers game. We don't know. We got such a large range of outcomes. Now, if we play the Niners at the top of their game, it's going to take us to be at the top of our game for us to have a chance. And you know, but there's a lot of things. If if we get Brock Brock Purdy rattled, you know, and and we we, we make him have to make plays and and he doesn't, um, then the Cowboys have a great chance. But then there's the other side too, which you know the Cowboys aren't perfect and they've they've had some struggles and there there's some there's some areas that the Cowboys can be vulnerable at. So. It all depends really of what we see. I think it comes back Rabs, to the thing that we always say, you know, and it's like these are good Cowboys teams, but, you know, how far they go, it depends on a lot of things. And hopefully they stay playing well and hopefully they, they get things to go their way. And To me, I think they did get some things good that went their way in the, in the Tampa game. So, I mean, the sky's the limit for sure, but at the same time too, we could this could be the last one we could once again not make it out of the divisional round that's a real possibility as well
1: yeah I, I i think i would like to say one thing about that which is actually i'm piggybacking off of something you either wrote about or tweeted or both uh this week which was that uh, a lot of the cowboys playoff losses recently with the exception i think of one right which is probably the big loss to minnesota in <laughs> 2009 right have been pretty close like within a touchdown and, you know, one of the things that I've always said, and I think we've talked about this quite a bit, is that those games that are decided by a touchdown or less tend to be toss-up games. Even the very best teams in league history tend to be around 500 in those games because if a game is close, there's a lot of other factors that come in that can influence the outcome, right? And so the, what, you, what good teams do is they don't win close games. You don't learn how to win close games. There's no evidence that it actually happens. You learn to not be in close games. You get good enough so that you minimize the number of close games. And so... Um, what that suggests is that, uh, you know, people have been talking about, oh, the Cowboys are losers. Oh, you know, the Cowboys are, uh, you know, they, they can never, they can never get past this, you know, the divisional round, et cetera. But if we look at the games that they've played in the divisional round, with one exception, they've been they've been toss-up games. So I think what, one of the things that, that the research that you did for me was remind me that it's really just that they've had bad luck because. The record in in the six close games should be, by all rights, by NFL precedent, roughly three and three. So they they should have been in three NFC Championship games, you know, according to you know the the general uh, the way that these kind of games break. Right. So um, if they are going to be involved in another close game, at some point there's going to be a regression to the mean, and they're going to pull one of those out and they and get to an NFC Championship game. And so um, it just makes me feel like. You know, I think we're always thinking oh, there's 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 something that are, they're cursed or the front office is is incapable or whatever. And you know the reality is they're not getting to they're not getting to the playoffs often enough. That's the real problem. They're not getting to the playoffs often enough. But then they've also, when they have got there, they they've had an unusually bad run of luck. They've been the anti two thousand twenty two Minnesota Vikings. And just like we saw with the Vikings, that has to change eventually. And there's no reason to think that that can't change this week.
0: Yeah. And, you know, to, to speak on this too is I also did a little digging too. If you look back at those, at the, the Cowboys 90s team, you know, when they, when they were winning there, that they had that stretch there, they were, they were blowing teams out when, on the first playoff game. And so they didn't leave that to chance. So you eliminate that factor altogether. So then, and that's why it feels really good to see this Dallas team come out there and just, you know, kick them in the teeth and just like totally dominate the game because we don't even have to deal with this. And um, but I do want to add too that we're gonna whether whether it's San Francisco or it's Philadelphia or whoever we're going to have tough games and the Cowboys are owed nothing. There's no there's nothing that's gonna say well you're due. So this it's you're gonna get one of these close ones. No, it's still a 50-50 thing. You know there's you you know you're, you're gonna be lucky or you're not. So the Cowboys still need to try to do the best they can to put matters in their own hands and that and to do that you play well you you know you you minimize the mistakes and that's what we need to see and that and that's what i hope we see i really i want to see a good game i want to see the cowboys play well i want to see the cowboys play well that's i mean obviously you know we would love to win and you know get get over that hump something that we haven't done in so long and then when we're even in this position i just feel really great because we have another opportunity to do that one thing we haven't done in 20 some odd years. And so it's a great time. And I just, we're going to feel so good Rabs. you know, this time next week, Mm -hmm. if if we're still talking about a Cowboys playoff game.
1: Yeah. I think that, you know, you're right. that, That the Cowboys are owed nothing. So that, that history that you, that you researched doesn't mean anything either way. And I will also say this and let's, let's close with this. If the Cowboys play well, they will win because they have the better quarterback right the, the 49ers are going to have to dominate both lines of scrimmage to overcome the, the significant advantage the Cowboys have at quarterback. I think they can do it because I think that their offensive and defensive lines are really good, but the Cowboys offensive and defensive lines if either of those can win the 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 line battle and if they both win the line battle, Cowboys are going to win.
0: Yeah. No, and I told you one thing
1: and you know we
0: we were talking about this earlier with Landon too, but I've never seen a Cowboys quarterback play put on a Playoff performance, like I saw on Sunday, I, I just haven't. I mean, I look back and I think we've had some good quarterbacks, but I mean, they haven't had to like rise to play this incredible level. I mean, maybe, maybe Troy in the Super Bowl, the, the first Buffalo one. I, mean, I don't know, but um, you just because he had so many things around. I mean, Dak was just on another level, so uh, that, that that definitely makes me feel good about that. But that is all we have for our show today. If you haven't yet, please do subscribe to the Blogging Boys Podcast Network. Leave us a rating, write a review, wherever your podcast, Apple, Spotify, iTunes, or Stitcher. Tell us what you think, anything you'd like us to do differently to improve your podcast listening experience. And if you ever want to talk to us about anything at all, any Cowboys hot topics, matchups you're looking at, or what is your favorite 49ers player, if, if you have one, you know, hit us up on Twitter. I'm at DannyFantom24, and Rabs is at RabbleRouser, spelled R-A-B-B-L-E-R-O-U-S-R. And don't forget to check out all the great podcasts for the entire week. Every day we got something new for you. Tomorrow we'll have the world's team with Meg Murray and Paul Stewart. So make sure to check that out. But that's all we have for today. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hope you have a great weekend. Stay safe, stay happy, stay true to the silver and blue. And we will catch you later. Happy trails.